brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds. Welcome to this suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here today, good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table is Reverend Mark. Hello, everybody. Good old boy Dave. Hey, tell me when we start recording so I can say something funny. Okay. Um, that happened about five minutes ago, Dave. Oh. <laughs> Hey, everybody. <laughs> Epic fail right there, off the bat. <laughs> Good old gal, Juliana. Hi, guys. It's great to have the gang back here. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m. And when you thank you for choosing us over the show discussing water conservation and the prelude to water wars with Mexico. Riveting. Well, this suds, Sip Suds and Smokes episode is sponsored by Peabody Wines and Beer Merchants. Taste it before you buy it and ship it only at Peabody. So you can reach them at www.peabodyswineandbeer.com. Well, our Suds segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. <clears throat> we have a great show to talk about today. And, of course, you couldn't welcome any show talking about GABF unless you, we actually enter in... Just like you would at GABF, which is bring on the pipes, sir, laddies. Exactly. So <clears throat> I actually got to watch those guys practice before they were coming in the hall. And the thing that I thought was so funny about the whole thing is even the people that have like the stuff that twirls. They're actually practicing with the bagpipes. Aww. Like, I mean, is it like a merit badge you get? I am the chief twirler. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, I know there's an order the in, in the bagpipe, you know, regalia is their core. You can't actually play the pipes, you know, just coming in. You got to march and do the drums and do the twirly. I don't know. What do they call the twirly things? Twirly thing. Twirly things. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate you gotta that. You got to start at the bottom. You're man. two for two, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> it is. Uh, it was pretty cool to, you know, see them over there, like, tuning up and stuff. And I'm like, well, how do you tune a bagpipe? I mean, you play. I play. Apparently, not you, bagpipes. We play a lot of other right. things. Apparently, you don't, from what I've heard. <clears throat> Every time I hear a bagpipe. I know. They always sound like they're out of key or off tune or playing flat like half the time. And I guess that's part of the process. Is there a key? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of atonal. Yeah. <laughs> I can already tell where this show is going. We've barely gotten into it. Well, uh, we are talking about uh, our trip to GABF, and it was definitely a trip for sure. So let's definitely get on the plane and get going here. Ladies and gentlemen, we do thank you very much for your attention, and now we invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the takeoff. The captain has made tower communications available, so if you'd like to monitor the air traffic system, you'll find that on channel 9 and your headsets in the seat pocket in front of you. We'll give you a little more information about our service plan for our flight this evening as soon as we're in the air. Thank you, and again, welcome aboard. 
That's right. Sip Suds and Smokes is headed back to Denver, Colorado to talk about the great American Beer Festival. We all had a really great time to recover, recoup, and recharge from this event. Today is our JBF wrap-up show for 2015. We have uh, <clears throat> tasted over at least 1,000 beers. That, oh that's gosh. probably putting it mildly. That is putting it mildly. That was a, that's that was just a- the mild beers. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was a really it was an interesting week altogether, wasn't it? Because we had the uh, Swansea Day was the weekend before, mm-hmm. and I felt like we just drank for two days solid just for Swansea Day. Yeah. We Alone. did. We had a, we had a couple of days break, let our livers recover, and then we hopped on the plane and went to Denver, and then we just drank kind drank for, for like and drank. five days and <laughs> drank breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> And I still don't feel like we even had like half the beers that were available that way. That I know. Week. It seems like we just scratched the surface. Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, uh, plus, uh, we're actually going to be doing uh, several things today, uh, not only talking about the beers that we consume while we're, uh, uh, we're on the GABF floor, but we'll actually be tasting and rating a few beers uh, today as well. So those beers that we're going to be r- tasting and rating are all medal winners. Blackberry Farms, Summer Saison, Trinity Brewing's Red Swingline IPA, Founders Brewing, Redanculus, and Firestone Walker's Double DBA. We're actually having the 2014 vintage. They actually meddled for the DBA, which is not uh, the same exact beer, but we'll be talking about those beers and rating them today. Well, I thought we'd first just kind of start off, you know, with our general comments, you know, about GABF, as well as our top three beers. And I thought we'd just kind of go around around the table and talk about our general impressions. So, Reverend Mark, what do you think about GABF this year? I like the fact that there was more of it, if you can imagine such a thing. There were more booths. There were less vendors of extraneous things that uh, those of us who are hobby brewers would love to spend our money on, but probably shouldn't yeah. be uh, schlepping back you know, to wherever we're going. So I like that. There was just more uh, to choose from. Uh, for me, at least, when I when I headed into the hall the first night, uh, the the first place that I went, sort of my shrine that I had to, uh, you know, pay homage to was uh, the Anchor Steam. Hmm. That was the first beer that I drank, hmm. and I know it it may not have been well. No, it wasn't the best beer on the floor. It was clearly the best California Common uh, of a few that I had. But uh, for me, at least, I wanted to start out by saying that sort of made sympathetic contact with Fritz Maytag, his company, and the people that really sort of started the whole craft brew uh, phenomenon back in the early 80s. So that's where I started out. But then it got a little bit murky after that. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Do you remember the rest of the first session? <laughs> Do you remember any of the sessions? One, two, and face plant. <laughs> so then it went to the sour beers and to the kettle sour beers and to the... <laughs> Down into the abyss. Well, Dave, I mean, what do you think kind of overall this year for the show? Well, I... Um I liked it because uh, this year was my second year, so I felt more prepared. Hmm. And um, and I think I was better able to kind of make use of the GABF app 
um, kind of understood a little bit how things are laid out a little bit. So it was a lot more manageable, and I, I and I agree with Mark about less of the um, extra merchandise and, and like weird stuff that that would be cool to buy, but would suck to try to take home in a plane. So um, I just felt like yeah, there was a lot more beers. Um, I enjoyed the fact that I was able to go back to some of the breweries that I enjoyed last year to see what they were doing this year. And then um, just just the fact that I, I kind of knew a little bit more about what the whole thing was going to be like. Hmm. Well, you know, I think that's the one thing that <clears throat> I noticed in talking with several of the people that are just attending that they're going to one session. And I there's just no way yeah i i can't imagine just going for one session only um and it's interesting because they talk about that same measure of preparation and game plan as well like you know what i'm gonna go and do these 20 things you know and i'm gonna taste these exact beers and i think that is certainly good to walk in and have a game plan but just the physical layout yeah, as well as just the way the crowd tends to flow. Everybody goes towards the big names, and I know? think that you have to think about uh, some flexibility with your with your plan itself. I think you walk in and you're like, "Well, you know, I have this plan, and I'm going to kind of, you know, here's my map, and I'm I'm going to yeah. meander this way." But then you're checking your time, and you're like, well, I've been here two hours, and I'm not even a third of the way through my plan. It's like, you know, you know I'm going to go to Disney for a day. Yeah, I'm gonna hit that's the totally it. Cups, and then I'm going to go to this. I agree. They that. need to bring the FastPass system to yeah, there you <laughs> GWF <go>. floor. There <laughs> oh, you man. go. You heard it first on this show, that's for sure. Uh, Juliana, what do you think kind of overall, you know, this year's uh, Great American Beer Festival? You know, it, it's funny because this being my second year, I thought I was more prepared, you know, than last year. I had a good idea of what the game plan was going to be. And then the floor was that much larger and the funky beers were selling out um, that much quicker. And, um, it, you know, my game plan just kind of went out the window and I I just was kind of winging it. Um, but... Again, there's just was so much out there, and um, you know we'll we'll discuss um, in a few minutes, you know, different takes on it. But mm. um, yeah, just uh, it, it, almost overwhelming in a way. Well, you know, I think that is almost the the key word that I would use would just be overwhelming. I mean, it the so the phrase they had this year, it's bigger and beerier. Um, and it was. And it was. There was a lot more totally. beer on the floor. And this is the first time yeah. I did not get through the entire tasting hall. Yeah. I've no, been able to all. at least get around, even hopping and skipping, you know, through there and kind of using, a, mm. um, you know, a few uh, less than patented methods, you know, of getting, getting around rather quickly that I just, you know, after that second session, I was like, wow, I just am not even halfway through the hall. And... I need to come up with a different game plan for Saturday, which is the last session we went to. So, um, you know, I found a lot more brewers on the floor this year, which was actually cool. Yeah, um, that was. And especially the first night. <clears throat> yeah, that I know. Was really and cool. it wasn't just for the Saturday session, which you see a lot of brewers because they, they tend to go to the award ceremony. That for the brewers that are yeah. actually there at, you know, in Denver, they tend to go to the award ceremony on Saturday morning. 
then you find them at the members only session on you know right after that they kind of because the walk is literally like a couple hundred yards yeah but i actually saw a lot of them were actually on the floor on thursday and friday and well and i think they enjoyed a lot of that feedback that they were seeing you know from people about who was liking it why were they liking it yeah and i'm sure they see a lot of this in their brew pub but the thing is is that I think a lot of them are there kind of anonymously and I don't you know for a lot of people that they don't know how to read the badges and figure out who is actually the brewer I think that it gives them a way of seeing their beer served in a amongst a lot of competition in a fairly neutral environment yeah and you get to see people and their face reaction you know those noses kind of scrunkling up and a lot of high fives and you know a lot of things that you don't see that's always sometimes on Facebook or on any of the other uh you know rating sites uh on the internet as well i thought quality was way up oh yes i i yes. thought that quality had stepped up dramatically across the board i just didn't find myself wandering from one bourgeois beer to the next and going oh this is something exceptional it was like wow all of this stuff is actually pretty good there are some things are a little better than others which we'll talk about next and uh but <clears throat> Uh, you just can't produce a solid red, brown, pale, and stout and expect to compete on the shelf or on the taps anymore. I just yeah. think those days are long gone. Yeah, and so. I think that's what made it harder for me, too, this year, is that for every uh, brewery that I went to, it wasn't just one beer that was good. There was, a, you know, where it, it made me, like, go back and try all of them, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe, like, I've gone through four, and I've liked all four, and, you know. Yeah. I even found that the brew pub section was was really overall Which I didn't get not, to it not all too bad. Year. I mean, uh, it was yeah. it was more varied. We but, went to a but, couple, but yeah, there were <coughs> some really good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was better this yeah, year. Yeah, it definitely. was more it was more splotchy in terms of quality, but there wasn't anything terrible. There wasn't anything bad, but it was there was a lot of really good beer there as well. Yeah. Well, I thought what was cool is there were a lot of brew pubs that actually medaled this year as well yeah. Yeah. and caught some really key categories. Right. So, you know, I think that. Everybody's thinking, well, if I don't have a, you know, a five barrel system and you know forty barrel fermenters, that I can't compete and make quality beer. No, wrong. I yeah. I just think they're. I think that that's what I love about you know the competition itself is that. It, I don't think the quality necessarily translated to yeah. size. You know, um, I think brew pubs have an advantage in some respects because they usually make smaller batches. And there's usually a, a higher turnover that they can, you know, move their beer through, even if it's not one of their best. And then um, they get to experiment a little bit more. Yeah. Well, the the pairing experience was uh, back again this year. They changed the name of it from farm to table to pairing, I think is was the name of the section. Um, I got to go through there and, <clears throat> you know, I... Uh, I love the concept. I think it's great that they're actually showing how beer can complement food and show people that there actually is some concept of pairing, you know, beer with food, excuse me. <clears throat> but the I think the thing that uh I was disappointed with was the quality of the beers they had back in the pairing area. Mm. I thought they were making good choices, but I just felt like there were a lot of other really great beers that were back there in the in years past that I just didn't see. I don't know. There was something about walking through that section and having food at the same time that some of the beers were really exceptional. I mean, things you would just not normally serve 
on the GABF floor. And I don't know, I just didn't feel like that this year. I thought the food was excellent. I thought it was awesome back there. Yeah, and I thought especially some of the dessert pairings were the most interesting to me. And I, I think, uh, as, I, as I recall, you know, there was a, a lot done also with uh, kind of sour and sweet, some of the sour beers. So, yeah, uh, I could hang out down there for a couple of hours. Easily. Yeah, <laughs> but in, the thing is, is that that eats into your time on the floor as well. And so you have to – I found myself power tasting and eating as I was walking through there. So – <clears throat> maybe, you know, in my haste, maybe I wasn't giving it as much as a fair shake in thinking about the quality of the beers as well. Because I literally was like running through there. Because I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this whole pairing thing in a half hour. Ready, go. And, you know, there's like 40 food booths back there. So I just, you know, maybe giving each booth one minute and moving on. Maybe yeah. that I wasn't giving it as much justice as I needed to as well. Well, it's hard, you know, trying to balance your time with, with everything. And, you know, I think one thing that helped with that was part of the extra bathrooms. That was good. Yeah, you're right. Um, and you didn't have to, and they were on up both sides of the hall this year. So you didn't have to cut the line. Yeah. You, know, you have to think, oh, okay, I got a 10 minute truck and then a five minute wait. And, you know, a half hour later, I'm going to be back to drinking beer. You didn't have quite that same situation. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the one time it's good to be a girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to talking about some beer. Uh, so let's start. Uh, definitely want to cover our top three picks. We had some really great conversations mm-hmm. about our top three picks, um, even with not getting all the way through the hall. I like the fact that there were some things that we came up with the same and some very diverse things. We didn't hang out together the whole time we were on the floor, by the way. Which was, we do that intentionally and kind of naturally anyway. Um, and sometimes we run into each other on the floor, but it allows us to kind of cover, you know, everything that's on the floor. Reverend Mark, your top three. All right. I, I actually put them into three different categories. I had more than three favorites, of course. All right. <laughs> He's pulling a jewel. Uh, like but yeah, totally more. But I, All right, uh, good old gal, so, Juliana. Let's hear yeah. your top three. So my my first category, and it's not necessarily it's a one hour in, in show. Order. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, under my true to style category. That is the no pretense beer category. Uh, that is where it just really hit it right on the head. Um, as I reviewed all my notes and uh, went back through my beer memory the best I could, uh, I would give it to New Holland. Uh, it's a brewery out of Michigan for their vintage Belgian triple. Hmm. Um, now, I don't know if it is the same beer as is commercially advertised uh, online as their Black Tulip triple. I don't think it is uh, because my notes are very different than what I'm reading elsewhere. But I can just tell you, speaking as a home brewer, this was really the kind of beer that I aim to produce. Uh, it had a very s- simple Pilsner backbone to it, uh, maybe a sprinkling of aromatic malt. It was semi-dry, and uh, yet it had a very kind of viscous and malty uh, finish on the palate. So I just thought as far as under my true-to-style category, uh, it was really pretty amazing. Cool. What's your says rating going to be on that? Uh, I will give that one for true-to-style five of five <clears throat> give me another yeah there's so many great beers i mean uh 
It's, mm. it, so they're all, yeah. The your ones number, that make it to the top are very much at the top. All right, number 3A. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you number two? Now, here's my number two category. All right, okay. okay. And it's under what I'm just simply calling sour notes. Sure. Okay. So uh, my favorite one, again, is hard, hard to, to winnow them all down. But uh, I have to say the one I kept going back for every single session just to say, was it really that good? And it was, was uh, the Paradox uh, Brewery in Colorado, their salted watermelon sour. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to talk a lot about that today for sure, are we not? Popular topic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. This, this Let's was all like, just raise our hand. Yeah. It's top three. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. We're all going to talk about the watermelon sour. It was a spot-on Gosa, really, uh-huh. with sort of a touch of Jolly Rancher, um, and yet it had a softness of body that was pretty amazing that could convey that salt. Uh, not too salty, though. It was just kind of a soft salty. And uh, it actually took me back to my grandmother's watermelon rind preserves. That's, now, this is like a Depression-era kind of thing that people did, but she still made this stuff. And it really took me back to that kind of like it, it had a marmalade aspect to it that was instead of orange watermelon mm. so anyway so i'm i'm gonna I, as many times as i went back to this booth and really tried to talk them out of a bottle or two they would not <laughs> they would not consider it Bastards. uh yeah i know i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna give them a five, Clearly a five. <clears throat> uh, uh, i'm sure we're all gonna talk about it. and your and your top pick in my top pick yep Okay, well, I don't. This is my that your, is my top pick for the sour okay. Notes. Your uh, your so, third pick. So my <laughs> third, third pick, pick, my third pick, and this is just I'm, I just call this my off the chart experimental uh, category. Uh, it'd have to be the Funky Buddha, uh, hmm. no crust, peanut butter or PBJ American Brown. Wow, interesting choice. Yeah, it sounds like something <laughs> from Terrapin that Spike would make for sure. So. <laughs> Uh, it was bready, you know, so it had that kind of a whole grain, whole bread kind of taste to it. Yeah, but not uh, crusty. Not crusty <laughs> and not musty. Uh, it had kind of a general fruit appeal to it that yeah. I think was made possible by the malt and the caramel working well together. Uh, I would have been interested to see how they really pulled this thing off. But in, in terms of like just the experimental category, that was the one that I really had to settle on. Although uh. there were many. And I will give, but I will give this one merely a four. A four. Uh, All right. Uh, but I should really not make that sound. <clears throat> Dave, your top three at GABF 2015. Sure. Well, let me just uh, first say I, I am not going to talk about the watermelon sour from Paradox, but um, they right. they had four beers there, and <laughs> yeah. you could you could list any one of those four. Oh as yeah, a, as yeah. A top beer. Um, so my first one um, was a beer that I'd been reading about from a uh, brewery I've been reading about beforehand. And so I was like, I, this is going to be the very first beer I try there. And so uh, I drug Juliana over there and we went uh, to black project um, out of Denver and had the dreamland with blueberries. Uh, it's a, it's a, a spontaneously fermented uh, beer um, that's then aged on blueberries. And uh, it was, I would say, if, if not the best, but one of the best uh, sours I've ever had, ever. Huh. Yeah, it was amazing. 
Mm. Uh, great complexity to the flavor. Um, nice body, very drinkable. I wish he would have poured uh, my sample into like a gallon jug. <laughs> <laughs> I would have gone over into a corner and uh, just kind of sat there for the rest of the night. But uh, just an amazing beer. Uh, and uh, I would definitely give that one um, a five. Listen, at hang time, give me another. What else is in your top three there, Dave? So the second one, so we're going to travel from Denver to Atlanta and go to the Wrecking Bar. Um, I ain't going to travel. <laughs> So uh, the Wrecking Bar, uh, I think, is a brew pub, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but they weren't really in the brew pub section, were they? No, because they're a little bigger. Yeah, yeah, there were some brew pubs that had a full-size booth that were not in the brew pub section. Because yeah. I think they get picky about, they try to have a lot of geographical diversity in that brew pub section. Yeah, so right. you'll have, like, a state of California will have, like, four brew pub booths. Well, right. there's, like, brew 400 pubs. brew pubs in, yeah. you know, yeah. in California. Exactly. So, uh, the Tennessee Whiskey Barrel Aged Barley Wine was, it was, uh, I don't know, man. It was amazing. Uh, I think it was what? From a, from a brew pub where? Where's this brew pub? In Atlanta. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, they, they went across the border in Tennessee, stole some whiskey barrels. Huh. Took them back down there, stuck their barley wine in it, man. I'm telling you what, that's, uh, I've had some very good barrel aged barley wines, that is one of the best. Yep. It was complex, not boozy. Hmm. Um, it was really big, but uh, the the booziness was gone from it. Um, caramel, toffee, malts, uh, just the a little bit of vanilla from the barrel. It was really uh, a solid beer altogether. Hmm. And I would give that one a five. Wow. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. <clears throat> Uh, your last uh, choice in your top three. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been to GABF two years, um, and, and now both years I will be talking about a Wicked Weed beer. Huh. And also both mm-hmm. years I will be listing a Cucumber beer mm. uh, mm-hmm. as one of my favorites. Coolcumber mm-hmm. um, is basically what it is. It is a, you know, a cucumber-based uh, farmhouse. I believe, and it, uh, as good as uh, Electric Cucumber from Trinity is, I would say Cool Cumber is just as good. Uh, it's, a, it's definitely different. You get uh, good hints from the yeast, um, but what these guys are able to do with Cucumber to make it into a good-tasting beer is amazing to me. Um, some peppery notes uh, were in there. Uh, there was ginger i believe and something else too i don't know i was drunk when i drank it <laughs> um but uh but i still love it and um and i love wicked weed and i give that beer a five i'm thinking professional tasting notes by dave i was gingery and uh, sweet uh, i don't remember the rest yeah, i was wasted stuff in it. i think there was some beer in there <laughs> You know, I think a lot of people can relate to that for that show for sure. Juliana, I know you had uh, some 
top three. Three. One, two, three. Uno, dos, tres. That's it. Yeah, I know. I know. I love all my babies. So, I, I, not all my babies, just a lot of my children. Um, yes. Um, I'm not going to discuss it, but um, I do echo the sentiments on the salted watermelon from Paradox and um, the Black Project, Blueberry Dreamland, uh, both like excellent, excellent beers. But the three that I wanted to talk about was, um, in, in no particular order, New Glarus's um, 2015 Golden Ale mm. was yeah. beautiful. Oh, yeah. <coughs> um, it also happened to win a bronze um, this year for their Brett uh, as a in the Brett category, and um, just a, a beautiful beer. And for me, a departure because you know everything that I have known and tasted from New Glarus has always been of a sour component. Um, you know, for the most part, with the exception of like the basic beers that you can get in the six pack. Um, this thing was just, it was beautiful and it was a really nice departure and I'm happy that they're doing stuff like this. Mm. Um, yeah. And a five easily. Mm. <coughs> yeah. Great, great stuff from Nuclearis. Yeah, exactly. What else um, in your top three there? So now number two is from Austin Beer Works. It's their Fire Eagle IPA. Yeah. I remember you talking um, about this. I, you know, this, Little side note: the the state of Texas has really impressed me this year at GABF. Um, Love you, Texas. Yeah, we really, really do. Um, in all the diversity, which we'll get into a little bit later. But um, this, um, the Fire Eagle IPA. Oh, and it's in cans too. Anybody wants to send it to us, we will be happy to receive it. It's awesome, and mm. I gave that a five as well. <coughs> Listen, to hang time. Give me another. Last but not least is from that great state of Florida, and uh, my new love is uh, from Funky Buddha. Um, <laughs> this one is a little bit different uh, from Reverend Marks, but it is Last Snow, which is their milk porter with coconut coffee. Yep, and, and just released. Chocolate. Yeah, my mm. God. Yeah, I know. I noticed how many people are hoarding that beer this year. Uh, in and uh, you know. The uh, beer trading sites were just lit up, and they were like, you know, I want last snow. I want last snow. And, yeah. yeah. There was a guy in Denmark who wanted, uh, it was morning uh, the snow, and then I think a morning wood or something. Yeah. Some funky Buddha beer. Yep. And he was going to trade three Canteons. Um, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah that's, that's heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. This, I, I'm just going to say... It's a lot of flavor in that beer. It oh, is yeah. a lot of flavor, but it is blended so well. And most of the time when you think of a beer with coconut, it's a toasted coconut. Yeah. This was not toasted. And, and and I'm not a coconut I'm not a coconut fan, and I like this beer. I agree yeah. 100% with that. Yeah. yeah. Love, love, love. And, and it is a five. So cool too. Yeah. yeah. It's a five. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I uh, have my top three. I'll kind of rip through these rather quickly. So, absolutely, the watermelon's melon sour. Um, I found myself going back to this time and time again, yeah. you know. And um, I didn't recognize it was Goza style. So, I'll have to go back and look at that because I don't remember that that was actually the base beer was a Goza. But that's cool if it was because that makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to say Carol, as her name, was the marketing gal. Or yeah. somebody actually showed me the picture of all the watermelons that they uh, went through that 
to make that beer. It was an enormous pile of watermelons that they went through to make that beer. And it it reminded me a lot of the picture that the uh, Saison man, Jason, I want to say, down at uh, Trinity, um, sent sent us as well to do the electric cucumber. All those cucumbers. Yeah. And they're very close to each other, by the way. I mean, they're just, they're right there in the shadow of uh, Pikes Peak. And, you know, I think it's pretty cool that uh, such great beer is being made, you know, right there in close proximity. We will do a brewery takeover edition of Paradox. So, yeah, about that. Yeah, so we'll talk a lot more about their beers on that show, but I can't rave enough about it um, and what we tasted. Uh, there was a beer that caught my attention very early on from Insight Brewing called Doe's Eyes. This is a cherry saison. Okay, look, I must admit that I was completely unaware of the cherry crop in Door County, uh, Wisconsin. I, you know, for whatever reason, I just had no clue. Um, I think of cherries that are actually over in Michigan, you know. Yeah, I know. So uh, I'm sure that some of these same cherries find their way into a lot of great Nuglaris beers as well. But this Insight offering actually captured my palate on day one and then a lot of repeat visits, you know, kind of coming back around for it. Um, I just, I I don't really, I'm not a fan of cherries. Um, And the thing I loved about it was it really had great sweet and tart balance. And it's a rather light offering on the fruit side. So this is a beer that's complemented by the fruit, not a fruit beer that's complemented by the beer. Um, so really great beer, uh, five for that all the way. And that was my same rating for the watermelon sour. Last beer I'm going to talk about is actually right where we started with those whole conversation about our top beers, which is right back at Anchor. So um, the beer that really caught my attention was Anchor Steam uh, Meyer Lemon Lager. It was a bit of a celebrity crush that I had because Bob Brewer himself actually poured me this beer. Um, And I had never met him. And it was very cool always when you get a chance, especially after a beer is that good, to look the brewer and say, this is really an awesome beer. Um, And really giving them that immediate feedback. It was very, as a dry, refreshing lager. And the thing is, is that it's actually not a lemon fruit beer that was dry. (laughs) It's actually a really good lager that has some lemon accent to it. And so that's really what I love. I'm really, the thing I loved about this most is they're actually canning this beer. So it's really widely available. Low ABV, I I don't know exactly what it is. I want to say it's like 4% or something like that. Um, I would have actually asked for a picture of this. If we were at a pizza joint... I would have said bring on the pitchers. It was just really good, very refreshing. Um, And it's very cool that a place like Anchor keeps on making really great beers. I mean, they could just lay back and just make the same beers that they've been making for the last 30 years, you know, and just not do anything new or innovative. This was really great. You take a place that doesn't traditionally make lagers and make really great lagers. I thought that was awesome. So my sets rating for the Anchor Steam Meyer Lemon Lager is a four. Well, that covers uh, some overview that we had on GABF in general, as well as our top three. We're going to take a quick segment break here. We'll be right back. we got a lot more beer to talk about.
Hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds, and Smokes. Today we're actually talking about the Great American Beer Festival for 2015, and we're uh, covering up our wrap-up show on this year's uh, beer festival in Denver, Colorado. We're tasting some beers as we go along. We just covered a couple of uh, beers, and we're actually going to jump right in and actually talk about um, another medal winner that actually caught our attention as well. So... Reverend Mark, I think you're, I'm sorry, let's see, Dave's going to introduce the Firestone Walker. Oh, I can say you get us confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're, we're both. A, yeah. well, wait, uh, who's doing what? Yes. Heard those, uh, bag- Dave, you're doing Firestone Walker. Yeah. PBA, yes. Heard those bagpipes. I thought we were being invaded by Scotland <laughs> or something. Would you talk about the beer, laddie? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so the beer we're drinking was, is actually an imperial version of the beer that won. Um, so the double DBA or doing business as uh, from Firestone Walker is their English barley wine, but it's uh, you know amped up a little bit, brewed double strength, a lot of uh, caramel, toffee, um, you know stuff in it from England, you know English people like, uh, and then it's aged in some barrels, you know things like that. Well, anyways, so this beer um, is like twelve percent alcohol, people. All right, one thimbleful of it is 360 uh, calories. All right, <laughs> I've had half but, the bottle. Uh, <laughs> yes, but uh, no, uh, average pour of it is about 360 calories, uh, and it's worth it. It's like uh, a big English toffee candy, full of alcohol that you can you know just absorb into your body. Uh, amazing Mother flavors. James, would you please bring me another pool of this? <laughs> yeah, like a sticky pudding, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel a few multi pythons sitting <laughs> around the corner just in a few moments. I get absolutely no alcohol warmth out of this. I mean, a beer that big that doesn't really light you up even a little bit. Oh, Dave, can't you hear amazing. Christmas morning while you're drinking this beer? <laughs> wow. I don't even know what... <laughs> When Mike starts getting all Britishy, you know, there's really no way to come Britishy. back. Britishy. That's a new term. Gotta, there we go. We added it to the lexicon of the show. You got to kind of let him go, folks. You got to let him do his this thing. This would be good with, uh, with, with British cuisine if there was such a thing. Yes. Burn. Right. Would you like some spotted dick and double BBA, eh? Actually, I bet that would be good. Yeah, probably. Some mushy peas. Anything that would taste better than spotted dick. All right. <laughs> All right. You've already said dick twice. We're not going that way. <laughs> talking about okay, bland anyway. British food here on Sip, Suds, and Smokes today. I think you could just say British food. <laughs> um, okay, now we've all been banned from England. Absolutely. <laughs> banned once again. But anyways, uh, this beer is great. It's very complex. Uh, a lot of deep flavors in it. Very... Um, but again, the thing that strikes me most is that I don't get a lot of alcohol warmth from a beer this big. It's very easy to drink. Would be great as a dessert beer, I think. Um, great uh, way to finish a night. I give this a four. A four? How about that? <clears throat> well, uh, thanks for introducing that beer, Dave. And uh, we're going to, for the sake of time, we're just going to let everybody kind of rate this individually. Um you know, as the person that's introducing it. So we all had a chance to kind of walk around on Saturdays when they announce all the award winners. And sometimes we get to actually, you know, walk around and taste some of the beers that are awarding that are actually served there at TBF. Any of the medal winners catch your attention? Reverend Mark? Yeah. Uh, three. The um, Firestone Walker Pivo, 
Oh, okay, the, yeah. Yeah, the pills, it, it took a gold. Thought it was just like spot on. Again, that would get my uh, True to Style award. Uh, the second one took a silver medal from Sun King, uh, the batch 666. Oh, that was, yeah. that was good. Sympathy for the Devil. Ooh, that was uh, a very it good It was a beer. barrel-aged strong ale. That's Thought the it best was beer that is not coming to Tennessee. That's the thing I, 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 I know. I know. It's so close, but it's so far. I don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. So and then and then the uh, and I'll only mention three. I have about sixteen, but I'll say th- <laughs> my third one here uh, from Vintage Brewing, which came at, actually out of the brew pub area. Uh, Scaredy Cat. Huh. Uh, it was a really good. I thought the very best oatmeal stout that I'd had in a long while. Hmm. So and that took a bronze. Cool. Uh, Dave, any medal winners that caught your attention on Saturday? Well, the uh, actually the one that comes to mind, and I I actually didn't have it Saturday. I'd actually had it uh, a couple of nights before when we went out, uh, and before it actually won was the pernicious IPA from uh, Wicked Weed. Mm. Again, I cannot go a show without talking about Wicked Weed because I love them. But um, it's a it's a like a, a sort of a Brett IPA is very uh, funky. Um, and they've made that a long time. Very unique too. flavor. And, and they, yeah. they do it very well. Yeah. But it's, it's a really solid beer. And if you ever get a chance to try it, you should. Mm. Uh, Juliana, any metal winners catch your attention? Um, oddly enough, the, um, from Dale brothers brewery in Upland, California, they're enough. Um, which took a bronze for their cream ale. Okay, it was the first time I had a... I mean, it was a really fine cream ale. Yeah, and that's a tough category where it's almost a flavorless beer. Exactly. And you're trying to compete. Yeah, Yeah. it was cool. And I'm going to say a little quick shout-out to my local brewery back home, Susquehanna Brewing Company. They took a bronze for their golden cold lager. (laughs) Yes! Uh, can you s- spell Susquehanna ha- after having like three bottles of Red Swing Line? F yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm from there. She has a tattoo of it. <laughs> I, I already know the show. He's a Susquehanna, Susquehanna. Yeah. All right. So uh, I had one metal winner to talk about and um, that actually caught my attention. I definitely went metal hunting on Saturday and had quite a few of the uh, metal, uh, metal winners that were there on the floor. The one that caught my attention was the um, the beer from Destille out of uh, Champaign, Illinois. Yeah. It was the Dasvidanya. It is their wood. Oh, yeah. uh, it's their stout. Yeah. And uh, it was easy for me to remember this beer because I ended up wearing it. Because <laughs> as I was reaching over to get a sample, somebody knocked my sample cup, um, you know, in the air, and the beer was flying. And unfortunately, there's one person that was in front of me that got completely hosed. And it still spilled on me, but I ended up wearing the Dasvidanya the rest of the day. People would come. I had a white shirt on that people day. People enjoy your uh, your cologne. Uh, yeah, they said, "Wow, man, you turned me on. You smell like wood and and uh, roast, <laughs> you're like, hey, and roasted I, malt." <laughs> so, wow, um, that was that got really dirty really well, quick. Well, you know, <laughs> and the thing that I remember our discussion about Distill when we did the Goza show and how much we did not like their right. their Goza yeah. on the on the Goza show, and I was a little concerned that. I was going to have, you know, a repeat experience that's quite opposite. I mean, I thought this was a fabulous stout and well-deserving um, of uh, the metal that they got at GABF. Just goes to show you, you know what? You have one bad beer from a place, go back and try something else. Mm. 
Well, um, any shockers uh, that caught your attention? I had a few to kind of mention here to kind of get us off, and then maybe we'll hop around. I guess the one that caught my attention was Tahoe Brewing takes home a bronze for the Belgian Lambic. Really? I've never even heard of them. <laughs> no. And I have been to Tahoe Brewing, and this is like, this is not the place that you would have thought would have made Belgian Lambic. So I just was really shocked about that. Um, I just thought that was a real shocker. Uh, Reverend Mark, anything you just like, wow, okay, really? I've had that beer. That does not make sense at all. Yeah, you know, uh, there was there was one brewery out of Michigan that uh, had nothing but, you know, interesting uh, and really off-the-wall uh, flavored beers, such as, like, their gin and tonic. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. And I think they took a silver. They did. And, um, you know, I gave it really a high, high rating simply because, uh, for me at least, it did not trigger a gag reflex. <laughs> Uh, because well, that's a plus. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> did you uh, did you ask them to put that in their marketing materials? Yeah. Hey, it does not cause a gag reflex. Will not make you vomit. <laughs> because I just uh, gin. I'll, I can smell it across the room, and I'm heading for the the other door. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I thought it was really very, very tasty. So um, uh, that was one that surprised me. Hmm. And I, you know, very sheepishly made my way. In the, and it was a very long line getting up there. Of course, it was for all the metal beers. And uh, that was the one that, at least for me, uh, I just shook my head and said, you know what? I could actually drink that on a hot day. It's, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's, it's. It's not like uh, bathtub booze at all. Mm. <laughs> After you've I bathed like that. it, I like that. Does not taste like ba- does not taste like vomit, and and is better than bathtub gin. Yeah. So, yeah. wow, interesting marketing material that will be. I don't know that that would make it into uh, most uh, publications, but please do not sue us. <laughs> Reverend Mark's opinions are those of his own, and not not those of One Ten and Productions. But hey, you didn't make him vomit. <laughs> And that would have been very, very unkind. <laughs> we We're not talking about all the beers that did make him vomit. Wow. <laughs> we probably got time for maybe one more shocker. Juliana, Dave, anyone yeah, go ahead. Cap- capture your, like, wow. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean. The only thing that shocked me was, like, all the medals that were won out of states like Wyoming and uh, Montana. I mean, there were several small states with not a lot of breweries but they actually won some really good medals well here's a couple of uh um fun facts so uh, of course you know who took home the most medals was california of course yeah big state Uh, the one thing that caught my attention and was a bit of a shock was fatheads brewing um actually took home five Five gabf medals medals. that's incredible now, they have two breweries. They have one in Ohio, and then they have another one on the West Coast. I want to say in Oregon somewhere. And uh, actually, uh, I was going to say, no, I can't remember exactly where it's at. But, yeah, it's on the West Coast. And, uh, yeah, they absolutely just brought home tons of hardware this year. And uh, Good. I love their beers. I really do. Um, I think Summertime won. Um, we already talked about the Hop Juju. Um, was one of the IPAs. I can't remember the other categories that they meddled in, but um, pretty amazing. And those beers are widely available um, from Fathead. So I would definitely uh, say 
if you haven't checked them out. Last beer we wanted to chat about real quick before we kind of move on here was the Summer Saison from Blackberry Farm. Reverend Mark, you were going to chat about this beer real quick. Yeah, this one here is uh, from the southeast, actually is from the state of Tennessee, uh, East Tennessee, uh, in Wallen, Tennessee. Uh, Blackberry Farm is just an amazing artesian uh, ale company, uh, ale brewery. Um, and this one in particular, their, uh, their summer saison, uh, is just to me spot on what I look for uh, in a saison, in a especially a, a hot season uh, kind of drink. And so, um, as, 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 as I savored this one yet again, uh, it is very much a, a hop-forward farmhouse ale with very complex aromas. Uh, it has a fruitiness that's balanced uh, with malt. And uh, for me, I like the way in which the uh, it has a very rocky uh, kind of meringue-like uh, head that it forms with a lot of the so-called Belgian yeast uh, or Belgian, rather, Belgian lace in the glass. Right, right. Uh, finishes with a mineral aspect that's really very, very nice as it finishes dry. Uh, this is the, the fa- my favorite of the four metal winners that we have sampled today, and obviously I'm going to give this one a rating of five. Cool. Nice. Excellent. And it didn't make you want to vomit, right? No. not okay. That was the main thing. If it's a five, it didn't make me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a couple of uh, quick shout-outs to uh, some really good friends at Blackberry Farms. So, um I actually caught uh, one of the primary brewers at um, Blackberry, uh, Daniel, um, right after he had his medal. And he was just like on cloud nine. Oh, yeah. And sure, uh, man. Uh, it was a real uh, pleasure that I actually got to go and visit at Blackberry Farm um, Brewery and check out their new operation. Um, Roy is. Uh, just amazing the measure of uh you know brewing God, skill they're that, doing that right out of the gate too, it really man. is for them to enter their first year and walk away from a metal and the thing is is they walked away from a metal that's actually not my favorite beer of theirs so yeah right i love i've loved summer saison but their classic saison they went through like 60 batches before they finally dialed that in i mean it's yeah. just crazy and i recently had the fall saison uh version as well and it is equally quite quite good um, so I know that, uh, Blackberry farm is widely available. They're distributed by, I want to say 12%, um, okay. is the macro brewer, or macro distributor that they're working with. So you'll have an opportunity to definitely check out uh, them as well. Well, you know, it would be really rude of us to talk about GABF and not talk about the pro-am winners at all. Cause this really is about the quintessential part about, JABF is actually the home brewers themselves, and I know this is an important part of this competition. And so there were three that I just wanted to mention, the three medal winners, and then uh, we can chat about these briefly. Muscat Love uh, from Great South Bay Brewery, um, Belgian Triple, and the uh, home brewer was Brian Gabel. The silver medal was uh, Anastasia. I, I'm, hopefully, I'm saying that right. It's an American barley wine and oak whiskey. Um, it it's is a barley wine. It might have been Anastasia. <laughs> yeah. 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 Odd 13 Brewery. The uh, home brewer was Mike Froelich. And the bronze medal, it's a Citra IPA from Fate Brewing Company. 
and the home brewer was Ryan Lauder. So congratulations to all of those folks. That's awesome. Very stiff yeah. competition. Always congratulations. And uh, to even make it, you know, to GABF in, in the pro am, yeah, is re- is is a very difficult. It is, um, and I'm really proud we have a you know somebody that's been there several times, Reverend Marks. You know, yeah, in the pro am several times. Had the Jesus great pleasure. Is his, uh, Jesus is his co brewer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had a chance to try uh, all these beers, but I'm curious: Did you guys get to try any of these, and what do you think of any of them? Yeah, I I tried the uh, the Muscat Love. I uh, thought it was uh, pretty good. Mm. Um, I did not like it. Yeah, it, but no, I I, I won't say Muscat uh, and triple beer. It didn't trigger didn't the gag reflex though. So, we, it, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they they stuck the uh, the the pro am was over in that extra section this time. Yep, where they added on, and by the time we got over there. You know, everything was gone pretty much. Hmm. And they were, you know, just a couple of little things pouring. Generally, I would, you know, I would love to go over there and try some stuff just to see what people are doing. <clears throat> um, I know there was a, a guy from Philly who did a, uh, oh, it was a, um, a mojito, uh, mojito lambic or a mojito Berliner Weiss. I think that's what it was. I really wanted to try that. Hmm. Well, I had a chance to try the uh, all three of these. My favorite was definitely the Citra IPA. It was good. It was fresh. It was really awesome. That was a great beer. The other two, I didn't care for them. So, do you um, did you get how the whole spirit of you know home brewing is a lot more experimental kind of thing? You know, small batches, well, that kind of deal. Yeah, and yet they're they're still vetted by a brewery, and so brewers <clears throat> really have to decide whether or not they can scale it up and sell. Yeah. You know. Uh, x number of barrels of it to the public but you're right they they can go in a lot of directions with it and uh i just avoid the beers though that the preferred serving glass is uh, a funnel in a, in a tube you know i mean i typically uh that's not the kind of beer i want to <laughs> not a lot of banquet beers <laughs> you know what you're <laughs> Well, we need to uh, wrap up our show here for GABF, and uh, it was really great. Um, it's great to go back to Denver. It was a really great awesome. trip all the way around. Uh, a lot of great beers. Got to chat about. Sorry, let me turn this down just a hair. Well, uh, we didn't get to uh, chat about uh, everything today, and uh, it's actually nearly 3 a.m., and it's time to wrap up Polka Classics with Paul. So join us next week as we actually discuss later hosing and chafing. The untold story of the zipper. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where'd that There's a from? lot of beer that's involved in this, folks. I'm guessing so. Yeah. Well, we listen, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes online as well on SoundCloud. Tune in, Stitcher, YouTube, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host iTunes and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sips, Suds, Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Google, the Google. Oh, I love Google. Is that yeah. like the Scottish Four version beer, of Google? Table three, please, on the Google Play Store. It's the Google. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. At Smoke is our handle, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. Please do not rate the comments on gin and tonic beer. 
<laughs> or vomit. <laughs> this Sip, Suds, and Smokes episode is <laughs> wonderfully sponsored by Peabody Wine and Spirits Merchants. Taste it before you buy it. it. <laughs> Taste it before you buy it and ship it at Peabody's. I'm never going to get out of this. You can reach them at <laughs> www.peabodyswineandbeer.com. Well, a special thanks to the Brewers Association and the Rosen Group for treating us so well to cover this event. They really are really great hosts. They yeah, made they it are. rock. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Well, thanks to my co-host for being here today. Reverend Mark, thanks for joining us good once again. Good to be again. with you. And good old boy Dave. This show did not make me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> good old gal, Joyana. Thanks for being here. Cheers, everyone. Well, this is good old boy Mike asking you to come back, join us once again, and keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your hosts, the good old boys, will see you all next time.